Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey everyone, I'm glad that you're listening today. Um, Today I wanted to talk about best practice ideas for keeping clinicians happy in our group practices. So today's episode will be focusing more on group practices that have employees since some of the ideas that I am giving can't be translated over to independent contractors. So if you have employees, listen on. If you're thinking about having employees, listen on. But if you have independent contractors, some of these, some of these ideas are not going to work for you. Um, so something that I've always found really important since I started my group practice was making sure that my therapists were happy, that they felt heard, valued. You'll hear me say that a lot in the Facebook groups and in the blog articles I write because I feel like that has been the cornerstone of my group practice's success in a lot of ways. Um, I've been really lucky that everyone that I've hired, I've really liked and they've stayed with me since I've started. And I check in regularly with them to make sure that there isn't anything that I'm missing and that they are being heard by me and that everyone's really happy as much as I have control over, obviously. So I wanted to give a little insight into some of the things I do and some of the things I think are important to think about with regards to just making sure our clinicians are happy and enjoying their work environment um, because I think that plays a huge role in how well they work with their clients, and um, it ultimately affects our bottom line as a group practice. Um, Something I say a lot is that I don't care so much about our clients as I do about our employees because um, if we have happy clinicians who feel like they're doing their best work and they have the opportunity to do their best work, then they're more likely to succeed with their clients and um, make our clients happy um, versus my fo- me focusing on just the clients that we have rather than on the employees. And um, in a lot of business uh, frameworks, the customer is what the business owners are always looking at to make sure that they're happy. But with me and with how I view group practices, I think it's really important to be valuing the clinicians and focusing on them because that in turn I think really trickles down to how well the clients are being treated and how um, successful the treatment will be. So today's session here, we'll be focusing on best practice ideas for keeping our clinicians happy and some of the ideas and thoughts that I have regarding that. Um, Obviously, the first thing to look at is pay. There are so many ways that we can look at how we pay our clinicians, there's a percentage doing paying a certain percentage to our employees based off of uh, an amount of revenue that they bring in. It's obviously the lowest risk because we don't have to pay the clinicians if they don't collect the money or if we don't collect the money from insurance companies or clients. And um, I think most group practices do something like this. There's a kind of a subset of this option with a graduated pay scale that I know a bunch of group practices do as well. I don't, but um, I've heard this be pretty successful as well um, with increasing motivation to work more. And that's the graduated pay scale. And how that is, is they get a certain percentage of the first, say, $5,000 of income they bring in. So let's say 50% they'll get over the first 
5,000 they bring in, then it'll go up to 60% from 5,000 to 7,500 that they bring in and maybe 70% of anything over, I don't know, 7,500 or $10,000 of income that they bring in for the month. And so that incentivizes the clinicians to make sure that they're filling their caseloads up. So that's one option for pay. The other is a salary, which is something that I don't see very often only because it's probably the highest risk with regards to pay. Um, and there, I, I notice that there's some things that can go wrong in this in this framework of the salary amounts because with that you pay your clinicians, let's say, I don't know, $60,000 to uh, work full-time a set amount of hours whether they see clients or not. But what happens is that you will be struggling to make sure that your clinician is um, working as often as possible within the hours that they're here because obviously if they're not working for two hours on a day that they are there from let's say nine to five that's two hours that you're still paying them for so obviously this comes with the risk of um, you know paying clinicians for a full salary when they only see 12 clients one week um, it also then I've seen clinicians that do do this or practice owners that do, do do this that then are constantly checking um with their therapist to see why so many clients are canceling and it creates this tension sometimes with you know group practice owners who are constantly checking their clinicians um rate of you know seeing clients that week but also um they're constantly asking you know pushing for them to see the max amount of clients with them that day and also there's this potential for resentment on both sides, um, either the, on the clinician side of feeling like they're seeing too many clients in a day and for the salary that they make or just too many clients in a day, you know, then what's comfortable with for them. But there's also potential for resentment on the group practice owner side of feeling like their clinician isn't trying hard enough to fill their caseload, to reschedule canceled appointments within the same week. So this is something to think about. And I know that there are some group practices that are successful using this, but it's obviously a little bit higher risk in, in a sense, but comes with its um, benefits as well. The other option that I see often is a flat rate. So, you know, paying $50 an hour for every session that the clinician has. And um, this obviously can work as well. I know most people, when it comes to using the flat rate, find more success in using a flat rate when they are um, taking fee-for-service because their rates are the same. It tends to get a little bit harder if you're an insurance-based practice because you have some insurances that pay, you know, upwards in the mid-100s and some that pay, you know, around the 60-70 mark. And so if you're paying that clinician, let's say $50 an hour, if they have a lot of insurances that pay less, then the group practice is obviously making less off of that clinician. So that's uh, something to think about on that front. But obviously, with regards to keeping our clinicians happy, looking at how we pay our clinicians, making sure that it's fair and reasonable within the uh, geographic area that you're in, obviously that plays a role. In some states, the pay is a little bit less. Um, the cost of living is a little bit less. The amount of rent and business expenses are a little less. So um, it might be a little bit different in, in one geographic area versus another. Um, but then also with regards to pay is looking at the non-clinical side. What are you offering them? Do you, um, you know, is your 
pay based off of what are they getting? Are they getting admin help? Do you have an in-house receptionist and biller and um, intake person? And um, do you have admin that's helping? And does the the employee really need to only see clients and do their notes? Or is there more that they have to do? Um, obviously, if you're giving them less, the assumption is, is that you're offering more to them, which costs you money. So then, you know, there's that justification for lowering the amount that you're giving them. If you are not offering them as much as, let's say, another practice, then a higher rate might be what's the best route in that case. So looking at overall, what are you offering that clinician um, for that percentage? The other aspect of the pay scale is looking at what non-clinical things you're paying them for. Each practice is different. Some pay them for um, marketing. Some will pay for um, staff meetings. Um, some will pay them for writing blog articles or doing speaking engagements or doing some admin work on the side. So looking at what do you offer them in terms of pay for non-clinical things that they're doing um, obviously, this is something that varies from practice to practice. Some practices don't require staff meetings. They don't require uh, supervision. They don't require blogging or marketing. And so you obviously don't have to pay for that. But if you do, what are your compensation amounts for that? Are they competitive? Are they fair? Um, do your clinicians feel like they're fair? And that's something you can you know talk to them about as well. Um, aside from that, there's obviously some creative ways that you can incentivize in terms of pay, which includes things like bonuses for going above and beyond. This is something that I have in my practice every six months, July 1st and January 1st. Clinicians have the ability to get a bonus, and it is based off of three things. The bonus amount is based off of how many hours they work. If they work 25 or more hours, they can get the max bonus amount if they work on average 20 hours, they can get 80% of the max amount. If they work around 15 hours, they can get 60%. And at 10 hours average, they can get 40% of the max amount. And the two things that they need to do is within that six-month period, they need to market themselves twice and write two blog articles for me. So obviously, these two things are not a requirement. They don't have to blog. They don't have to market because we have enough referrals coming in. But if they do within that six months, I will give them a bonus. So that's something that is an extra incentive um, for going above and beyond. Other options include things like retirement accounts, which is a nice option for letting your clinicians know that you value their future. And obviously, if you you can choose, you know, instead of giving a a raise in their pay, and which is kind of hard if they're getting a percentage, let's say like sixty percent, if you give a raise. I don't know. For me, it seems kind of weird to give a 2% raise to 62%. It's a, just a weird amount. I feel like they have to go by fives. Obviously, they don't. But for some reason, that just sounds funny to me to give a 2% raise. But if you look, a 5% raise is a huge amount and not something that most practice owners who are paying at a higher percentage rate to begin with can do. But you can give um, IRA or uh, 401k retirement accounts where you match 1% or 2%, which is normal and gives them more money. And obviously that money can be invested and grow and be worth uh, you know a whole bunch more in the future. So that's one option for 
getting creative and being able to give more to your clinicians aside from increasing the percentage for clinical hours. The other option is health insurance. Um, I offer this. Health insurance can be pretty expensive. And what's nice is there are options for employers to have employee-funded health insurance, which essentially means that the clinician pays for their own health insurance, but they get to pay for it pre-income uh, tax. So um, it can get taken out of their paycheck before it gets taxed. And so you don't have to pay anything into it, or you can choose to pay, let's say, 100 or 200 um, it's pretty flexible in that sort of way. So you don't have to pay, you know, 50% or 70% of their health insurance. You can either pay nothing towards it. And the benefit is, is that the clinicians get more choices in insurance plans, but they also get to pay for it before they get taxed on it. Um, but you can also get creative in the future. If you notice you have extra income coming in is you can have a stipend and you can pay $100, let's say, towards anyone who has health insurance. And obviously, not every employee needs it, so it's not something you have to pay for for everyone, um, but it's a nice option for those who do have to have insurance. Um, so there's just some extra um, ways to incentivize in terms of the financial end of things. But on the other end of best practice ideas uh, for keeping your clinicians happy is looking at what is it that you offer aside from their pay. How are they invested in the practice? Do you offer supervision? Um, is there a ability for them to grow professionally? Um, are, is there a chance that they can become supervisors? Is there a chance that they can make some creative decisions, let's say in growing, starting groups or workshops? Is there ability for them to be creative in their decision-making with how the rooms look or in blogging? or in group formation? Do you offer CEUs or can they um, engage in any speaking engagements that you pay for? Um, there's a ton of options that are non-clinical ways that they can get their creative juices flowing and feel invested in your practice aside from the one-on-one -on -one seeing clients. And so I think that's an important feature to look at is how can your clinicians become more invested in your practice by being uh, engaged in your practice in other ways than just, you know, butt in the chair. So, um, you know, things that I offer is the ability for clinicians to formulate their own groups and I'll help them market it. And it, you know, that's always a fun way for them to get their creative juices flowing and feel like they're doing something different and, um, engaging in interactions with more than one person at a time and potentially making more money in doing groups uh, versus individual sessions. But I have some clinicians who love to do speaking engagements and so that I pay them so that they can go and do talks at local high schools or local businesses. Um, and again, it's another way for them to feel invested in a real part of your group practice versus just, you know, sitting in the chair and seeing clients. Um, the last thing I do that I find is the most fun and super important is doing check-ins. I spend a lot of my time um, sitting in the office and when the door is open for the other clinicians' offices to go in and check in and see how they're doing professionally. Are they? What are their professional goals? How is it that I can help them reach those professional goals? How do they feel about their work environment? what they need to succeed. Is there anything they need from workbooks to books to CEUs? I talk with them about all of those things, how things are going generally, how are they feeling? Is there anything I can do to help? Um, is there any improvements that need to be made? I'm, you know, often 
redecorating the offices a little bit, adding new pillows, stupid small things. But the clinicians walk into their office and see a new rug in their office or see a new set of pillows and feel like their room has freshened up and, and you know, been enlivened a little bit. Um, another thing I do is with regards to just focusing on the clinicians themselves is making sure that they're being recognized for things like their birthdays, their work anniversaries, doing staff appreciation day outings or gifts of some sort. Because at the end of the day, we all just want to be valued. We want to be heard. We want to feel important in our um, business lives, in personal lives. And one thing we as group practice owners can do is make sure that they're feeling valued, that they are feeling heard, that there's nothing missing in their creative juices and in their, you know, need to, um, you know, grow professionally. And you might have some therapists who don't need all of that, but checking in with them as often as possible to show your face with, to them individually so that they feel like you care about them goes miles. So um, I hope this is all useful. This is my list of best practice ideas for keeping my clinicians happy and I'm sure will help keep your clinicians happy as well. So if you haven't thought about these things, um, spend some time jotting down ways that you do let your clinicians know that they are valued and heard because you're probably doing some things you don't even recognize. But also make a list of things that you can improve on or that you can add to your repertoire of things that you do do. And uh, see your clinicians uh, be re-inspired and, and grow more professionally and feel happy working at your group practice. All right, that's all I have for today. Have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you in a little bit. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange.